Hello, all, and welcome back to a very different kind of episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. This is our 50th episode, and so, you know, we thought we'd switch it up. We can't just review some random film that we've chosen for an hour, so we've got a lot of fun things planned out for this episode uh, to celebrate the fact that we have hit our 50th. I'm so excited. 50 whole episodes. No, it's so crazy. I remember when we first were even talking about this, we, were, we wanted to make sure that we could commit to being able to post regularly, but it was one of those like, who knows what will happen down the line, and I'm so proud of us. Yeah, yeah, and we've been through a lot in the last yeah. 50 episodes. Moves, new jobs, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Life changes. Yep. Yeah. The stress of jobs, the victories, you know, our own personal victories, sicknesses, cozy nights and stressful days, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> we should also mention that typically we record our episodes apart from each other. Um, Sarah lives in Dallas, Texas. I live in Seattle, Washington. We met in Texas together before I moved. And so a lot of the times we are apart and it's been really fun because every week, like my Sunday night tradition is like finish eating dinner and then hop on Skype and send Sarah a hey. And then she sends a sticker or GIF of some kind back. <laughs> but I, I literally prepare for my week by recording episodes with you. Uh, but alas, we have to do it apart. But this week is different. This week we are actually together. Sarah is in Seattle. It worked out honestly so perfectly too. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, we were just kind of like throwing out dates randomly. I booked my tickets and then the next time that we recorded, I think, we were talking about the schedule mm -hmm. and realized that I was actually going to be in town when we were recording this episode. Happened that it was way. one of those very exciting like epiphany moments where like everything has aligned so perfectly. <laughs> and we, we were, I think we had talked about a little bit um, if we wanted to review or not review, do our 50th episode like a couple weeks in advance and whatnot. And we're like, no, it feels right to do it the week <laughs> that we're actually going to post it. So the stars have aligned. Sarah is here. We get to sit across from each other <laughs> and record, which is just feels like such a treat. So... Which is going to be so much fun when we're talking about our guilty pleasure films because then we get to see each other's facial expressions. Yeah, yeah, that'll be, that'll be very interesting. I can watch you actively judging me. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. Of all episodes to be in person, this is, this is the right one. <laughs> okay, so... I think we wanted to start off by talking about where the name for the podcast came from. We've we've mentioned it um, here and there, kind of at the beginning or the ends of some of our episodes, but we kind of wanted to revisit the the real purpose behind where this all started, how we stumbled into this, and what this podcast has been for us in the past year we just hit a year also a couple episodes ago which was kind of fun so maybe we can talk a little bit about when we were thinking about what we wanted to name the podcast and when we started it what what was on our minds at the time well we're both pretty um driven 
can be more like type A people, very strategic, um, tend to focus on structure and goals and all of these things. Um, so we kind of have to like schedule or make time for fun and whimsy. And then we, we learned of the phrase strategic whimsy. And I know for me, like those were two words that I had never heard of put together before. Um, so, you know, when I, when I read that phrase and then I sent it to Jen, both of us were like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, and, and it was, it's such a reminder, at least for me of like who I want to be as a person. Like I want to be both strategic and whimsical. So it's just helps me to lean more into the whimsy, which kind of goes counter to who I naturally am as a person. Mm-hmm. It's a phrase that felt so captivating mm-hmm. for both of us the first time we read it. I don't know if any of you guys have experienced that before, but you read this phrase and you're like, that perfectly captures so many elements of what I want to infuse together. And you're right. There are two two things that we think of as on different sides of the spectrum. They can't live in the same environment, but um, there really is a fusion between the two of them. And actually they fuel each other too, which is kind of interesting and exciting to have realized the past year or so is that um, sometimes whimsy and like the breaks and the rest and just letting loose and doing the fun purposeless things just because you want to actually has helped me come back to work feeling refreshed and motivated and purposeful instead of being burnt out and so it's cool to see those things like infused together and actually help fuel each other instead of being like mutually exclusive things on opposite sides of the spectrum. So then when we were trying to come up with a name for the podcast, we couldn't think of anything better than the strategic whimsy experiment because both of us love film and um, see it through a very strategic eye, but we can also see the whimsy and the beauty that's actually packed into it. So um, this is our little experiment to infuse some whimsy into our lives on a weekly basis. That's the strategic part. Um, And it's just a grand experiment. You know, we didn't set out with um, like a clear and concise plan. Uh, We didn't have a roadmap. We were just leaning full into the whimsy side of it and going, okay, let's see what happens. We're going to do a thing and who knows what will come of it. And it's been really cool to see how we've evolved over time because I remember when we first even started with this idea and started down this path, both you and I were like, all right, let's make a Google Drive. (laughs) Let's make a spreadsheet that we can share and then we'll plan out, okay, like which films we want to review when and then which weeks and which content will we post when, how are we going to mark? Like we went down this whole long journey and then we were like, hold up one second. (laughs) Brains, Sarah and Jen's brain, hold on one sec. Let's reel the, the, pull the reins in and we had to really much more consciously, I think at the beginning, remind ourselves to be like, just just do it because you love film. You love talking about it together. And that's it. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. Um, and there are so many moments, I think, for example, 
us being happening to be in the same city together mm-hmm. to review this, like one of those moments that we didn't plan for at all, but has lined up and it, it made it more fun to discover that. And that's that whimsy piece too. Um, but the other piece of it, I think has been us giving a lot of grace for each other too. Mm-hmm. You know, life gets busy, work gets stressful, personal problems show up. And sometimes we're not like fully on the dot with, we started posting on Tuesdays. Now sometimes we post on Wednesdays and there's been a lot of like us giving each other grace of not having to stick to this really rigid schedule. And, you know, we'll often text each other and be like, whimsy in all caps (laughs) and many exclamation points. And so um, that room for fluidity and, and breathing room and grace has been really cool to learn too. It's been a fun little experiment. Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of us. This was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to our pastels a year ago. (laughs) So I think the other thing that we were just chatting about, like what do we want to talk about on our 50th episode? We wanted to also, I guess, talk a little bit more about ourselves. You know, we kind of dove straight in episode one with roasting Christopher Robin. And uh, we didn't really have that like little intro bit. Um, And so you've, probably picked up little pieces and details about our lives and maybe what we do and how we're wired um, throughout the past 49 episodes. But we thought we should maybe introduce ourselves a year later. <laughs> well, and I think it's it's Jen wanted to introduce ourselves. <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, I listened to, like, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I could tell you what each of them do for a living how many kids they have. Like, you know what I mean? Like I know about these people and their lives. And it, I was like, I don't think we've ever actually done that. So. Nope. Sure haven't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do the little like elevator pitch. You're at a cocktail hour networking event. Like, who are you, Sarah? <laughs> who are you really? Um, I'm the person that will avoid cocktail hours and networking. <laughs> I love it. I hate having to give elevator speeches and I hate having to talk about myself. So I don't know. But anyway, I'm Sarah. I live in Dallas, Texas. Wait, how about we intro each other? Ooh. Yeah, plot twist. <laughs> I can tell you so much about the way Sarah's brain works. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All of the wonderful things that it it does and functions up there. So it's terrifying. You know, this this is building upon a conversation I had like about a week or two ago um, where we were talking about how so many times when people are introducing themselves to new people, they'll often say, hi, I'm X, Y, and Z, and I am or I do this. And so we're going to flip the switch on that. So <laughs> Sarah is from the minute I met her, and from the people that I knew that knew her, I know she, and she's shriveling up in the corner right now because she doesn't take compliments sure well. 100%. This is so uncomfortable. So I won't, I just won't look at you. I just won't look at you as I heap on the praises. But um, <laughs> Sarah is, thinks about the world in a 5,000 foot view where she sees things as systems and she sees the grander picture of things and there are so few people I know that think about the world and 
the problems of the world and want to solve them in ways that are at a larger scale than just the immediate need. And she sees the, the operational challenges, the systemic challenges. And I think that is such a unique quality. So that's how her brain is wired. Um, she is a writer, which some of you, we've probably mentioned it many times when you're like picking apart the way a plot has unfolded or a character has been written. But um, it was really interesting when I first met Sarah because she is such a systems thinker, but then she also has this really creative side. And the marriage of the two things together is really, really fascinating. Um, so she thinks about problems in both this fluid human way, but also in the system systematic option operational way. And it's so fascinating to see those two things together. I think most people I know are like squarely in one camp or the other. Um, but I think the biggest thing that immediately struck me about her is the way that she can see things from a completely different angle. So um, you can unshrivel up now. <laughs> you can go from being a raisin back to a grape now. <laughs> Sarah likes to say that the week in the elementary school where they taught kids how to take compliments is the one where she was sick. I got a kick out of that one. So, Oh, I had forgotten that I said that. Yep, I 100% did. <laughs> is Sarah and then I guess what do you do for a living you live in Dallas I live in Dallas I work for a nonprofit doing all kinds of stuff systems stuff business analyst kind of stuff my role is really undefined so I do whatever comes across my desk basically she does what is needed to fill the gaps yeah basically that's my to make sure things don't hit the fan yeah go nuts yeah Yep, that's that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you for all of the compliments, Jen, even though it makes me feel awkward and like a raisin, but thank you. Sometimes Very kind. You need to be a little raisin. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad they can't see you though. I know, right? We all scrunched <laughs> up. Yeah. So funny. So uh when I first met Jen one of the things um, that struck me about her was that I felt like she was like a kindred spirit in that um, she's very, very detail oriented and she is also process oriented. Um, but then she has this unique ability to really care for and love people. Um, and rarely do you see a person who is so strategic and can be like type A, but also is so caring and so gracious and so kind all in one little package. Um, and so then when I found out that she loved film and, and books and had this love of creativity in the arts, like I was just in awe. Um, and so it's been really, really fun to watch as I've gotten to know those different parts of Jen and to see how they really do fit together. And she is a huge dreamer, um, but not only does she dream for herself, but she also helps other people dream as well. And she can spot um, a dream or a goal that somebody has and will help kind of like pour fuel on that fire. Um, and she's just an incredible person who just makes other people better and She's a really, really great person to get to know. Y'all, we did not plan for this to be a love fest, I swear. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, you are a gem. I we we did not plan for this. I'm nope. full disclaimer. <laughs> this is kind of a hashtag whimsy moment. <laughs> I kind of feel like you know that feeling when you're like everyone's singing happy birthday to you and you don't know where to look, so you're just like <laughs> just stare at the candles. <laughs> No, but you know what's been really interesting is that in the past year, I feel like I've gotten to know you so much more because of our conversations about film, mm-hmm. because of what stands out to you or what really resonates you with you or characters that you really connect with or don't connect with. It's been a really interesting window into you, like how your brain works and how you resonate with things that I, I don't know if we would have gotten mm-hmm. to know each other and been able to be close and and without that you know what I mean it was like this unexpected little vehicle um that has helped us learn a lot about each other quickly without talking like about ourselves because clearly we're terrible at it (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean so that's a I mean I I feel like we this is a common theme on the podcast but it's one of those moments where you're like, wow, film is really powerful in that way because it opens up channels because you're not talking about each other. You're talking about something else or another person's story, but you can understand so much about them from what resonates with them and what doesn't. So that's been really, really neat. Yeah. I'm, I'm having that, like a, a flashback to that scene in cinema parody. So where, you know, they all experience the film together as a community and you could see how their relationships with each other grew as they saw more films with each other. Um, And I think especially in our society, as disconnected as we can be, um, we maybe have lost a little bit of that community aspect that can come along with film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something about like going to get the ice cream sundaes after seeing the movie together and talking about it that we we just don't have the ability to do as much. See, I was flashing back to <laughs> the moment after we watched Phantom Thread and you were like, I just I just love geniuses because I love that they're just so like dove straight in, doesn't give a crap about any of those things and they're so competent. I just love that they're so competent and good at their craft. And I was like, I've learned so much about her in that, <laughs> from watching that one film with you. Go back to listen episode two of our podcast where we review the Phantom Thread. Much will be revealed. Was it number two or was it number three? It might have been number three, actually. What was number two? We did American Animals before we did Phantom Thread. Yeah. Okay. I think. I don't know. This is one of those moments where it's like, how far, how many digits of pi can you recite? Like, how many episodes of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment can you recite in order yeah, okay, so after episode three, Phantom Thread, what was next? I don't remember what number four was. That's what I was just thinking about. I think I think the notebook was number five. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to cheat and look at, the, at our list. Oh, it was her. See, I would have thought her was a lot later, actually. Wow, okay. 50, whole ep- 50 is a long time ago. 50 is a long time ago because we were recording those when I was still traveling for work. So I recorded all of those in a hotel room. I remember that. Yeah. And we were like, let's just hope the Wi-Fi works. (laughs) I know. The Wi-Fi was spotty. But we made it. We did. All right. So in the spirit of whimsy, we thought, let's throw in a like 
a little bit of our bloopers. Not everything goes according to plan when we're recording. Uh, a lot of things go wrong. We, we typically actually don't edit our episodes too, too much. Um, but sometimes there's like mic issues. Someone has a cough. Sarah. Sarah. That's me. <laughs> 100% me. But it always makes for a good laugh. So we'll include a little bit of bloopers here. What's even better is when Jen includes the coughing fit in the episode. I did. Yep, you sure did. I did. I, I said that I would put it in and I stuck to my word. <laughs> you did. You are a woman of your word. Well done. <laughs> All right. So we're going to insert a little bloopers here. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to make it into the bloopers? My like gross mouth sounds. Sound like a like a really weird fish in a cartoon. The ones that look like old men. Like downturned face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This is one of those moments. Or you just have like an out-of-body experience and you go, we're weird human beings. Yes. <laughs> I'm a fan. There's something so endearing for me about really, really awkward characters. And he just, he pulled that off. As I lose my voice, <coughs> what is going on? <clears throat> Thank God for editing. Unless you keep, I'm like no. sucking on a cough drop right now. I was keep having it up a lung the entire time that you were talking so I had myself <laughs> muted so I was just like oh my god you can't be coughing oh, we're, we're recording uh, I'm gonna leave Lord this Jesus. in in the spirit yeah, of fine. we do in, in this the spirit live. of whimsy yes exactly <clears throat> sorry guys I'm just gonna be losing my voice the entire episode <clears throat> I don't know why <laughs> she's just getting emotional she's secretly crying right now it's just her cover-up <laughs> Logan Lucky oh, really, yeah. really tugged on the just, heartstrings it, for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if only that were the case. Testing. Do, 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 do. And you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that the, the beeps and the doo doo doos have, uh, yep, just like R2. <laughs> Let me plug in my. Plug in my your headphones. Thing. The headphones. <laughs> <laughs> we should do an episode one one week that's just like with just terrible accents for the whole episode. You're <laughs> <laughs> really comical. Mostly what for ourselves. No one wants to listen to that. I am testing my mic because it's tradition. Of course, the song from what is it, Fiddler on the Roof? always pops into my head really like yeah tradition John, tradition yeah <laughs> every time i hear the word tradition and that's immediately what oh happens. gosh all right so sarah and i were chatting and we're like what else do we want to do on our 50th episode <laughs> and we had this grand idea of watching each other's guilty pleasure movies because Friendship's all about bonding through suffering. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to know all of you, Sarah, and that includes your guilty pleasure movies. And so, alas, we watched each other's guilty pleasure movies. 
we're gonna insert a little clip here of us revealing them to each other and why we why why those are a guilty pleasure because that's the big question that's probably on our minds is like okay why do you love this and so we're include that here okay so now we are gonna talk about the guilty pleasure films that Sarah and I have chosen for each other to watch so as we were thinking about what would be something really awesome and fun to do for our 50th episode, we had been toying around with the idea of watching each other's guilty pleasure films. We all have them. We all hate that we love them, but somehow the love is there. And um, we thought this just would be really fun to share what our guilty pleasure films are. We are about a week before we are recording our 50th episode together um and then a week later we're gonna talk about our guilty pleasure films we might rant about each other's guilty pleasure films <laughs> it's probably gonna happen probably <laughs> yeah but um we thought it would just be really fun to do together because i don't think that we've gotten a chance to talk much about what our guilty pleasures are and why they are that the way they are so sarah I am so intrigued by your guilty pleasure film. I have to say from the small conversations and little insights that we've been able to gather from each other's guilty pleasure movies, they are, they could not be more night and day. And so this is going to make for a really fun episode because my gosh, black and white, black and white. I've warned you in advance of mine. (laughs) And I've warned you in advance of mine as well. Yep, so. I've had some training with some of our previous films. Mm-hmm. Yep, you'll be fine. Okay. I was nervous at first when we first had this idea. And then we've watched a number of other movies that have made me go, Jen can handle this one. We're, we're good. <laughs> All right. So, Sarah, what is your guilty pleasure film? And <laughs> why, why this one? Uh, my guilty pleasure film is The Expendables. Okay. Uh, it was, it came out in 2010. It is directed by and written by Sylvester Stallone. Um, and it is just pure action the entire time. Um, and to me, like, it's just... It's, it's kind of this nostalgic ride um, because you see all of these, like, very famous action stars. Like, you have Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren. Like, oh, all of these, like, very, very famous old school action stars. And they all reunite together in this film to just kick ass. And <laughs> that's the entire film. And so it's just... It's just a fun one for me to just put on and just go along for the ride. I feel a little bit relieved because I was fully prepared for some like zombie slasher horror flick. <laughs> so I can read a little no, better I, I now. Wouldn't, I wouldn't make you sit <laughs> through a horror film, though there are a couple that would be interesting to get your take on. But oh, no. Nope. We'll just stick with the Expendables. So when I asked the question, what is your guilty pleasure film way back a couple, couple weeks ago, maybe even months ago, was this the first one that came to mind? Were there others yes. that you had thought about? Okay. Nope. You went with your This was, thing? yep. This is 
like probably my number one guilty pleasure film. I do have a few others that, you know, that I enjoy that I'll watch from time to time. But like, this is like for the label guilty pleasure film. It's this one. I, I know that it's a terrible movie. The writing is awful. There's nothing special about the way that it's directed, but I enjoy it every single time. And I judge myself a little bit, but that's okay. And that's why it's called Guilty Pleasure. Exactly. <laughs> Just not. <laughs> so is there a specific mood that you're often in when you're like, you know what? Now's a good time for the Expendables. Let's do it. Or No, not really. It's just, just like, like an all-around, 24-7, around-the-clock type of film. Like when I'm just, for. I just want a, an action film where they just, you know, beat the hell out of people. And <laughs> yeah, let's watch that. Okay. Well, I'm going to prepare myself for some gore, some violence. Yeah. According yep. to Sarah, I've been able to successfully survive all three of the John Wick movies. Some of the yeah. like, glass. You'll be fine. The, yeah, some Tarantino. So Yeah, you'll be okay. I'm fully because, trained up for this. Yeah, when we first started talking about this, I think we started talking about this before we even saw John Wick. Yes. So, you know, up until that point, our conversations had been Jen saying, like, oh, I don't like gore. I, don't. I can't handle it. And then you watched all three John Wick movies in like a week and you <laughs> loved them. And I, I was did like, love them. Oh, okay, so you can handle gore. You'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, I surprised myself with the John Wick ones. <laughs> I think it's because they're so fun and ridiculous. It's the like yeah. the suspenseful, violent stuff that I just can't. I can't handle it. I just mm. shrivel up into a tiny raisin. <laughs> <laughs> there is like one scene in particular in this oh, film no. that I that just sticks out in my brain because it's just it's so good and. I so want to know what you'll think about it because mm. I don't think that you'll enjoy it. <laughs> so You're I'm, I'm so excited to talk about this. Probably accurate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm pumped to watch your guilty pleasure film and judge you for it. Yes, please. All, <laughs> all the judgment is It's a necessary warranted. requirement. Yep. Yes. I judge myself for liking this film. So bring it on. Oh, no worries. I judge myself for liking my guilty pleasure. So all the judgment will exist on our, uh, on our 50th episode. I'm so curious as to what yours is, because all I know about it is that you've told me that I will hate it. You will hate it. I'm so and confident. I'm so intrigued. I'm so intrigued. You know, I figure like, We've roasted so many films at this point that we kind of need to roast each other. So I'm fully prepared for you to roast me on this. I've, I've like got my protective gear ready. So this is a film that got a lot of buzz. All everyone is posting about it on their Instagram stories. I, I fully was so confident that I was going to watch it and I was going to hate it. I was going to judge it so hard. It's a romantic comedy, and so it, that's already, like, 50 <laughs> points against it that I'm like, oh, oh I'm going to hate it if everyone else loves it. It was a Netflix original. It got so much hype. Everyone was raving about it, and so I was like, okay, I'm not going to like it. And uh, the film from the title itself is going to make you cringe. It's my guilty pleasure film, 
that I, I hate that I love is called To All the Boys I've Loved Before. <laughs> <laughs> I surprised myself because I watched this on like a Sunday night. It, I was like in a really cozy mood. I was in my PJs. I put this film on just to like understand what the buzz was about. And it was so endearing and sweet and adorable. There's a lot of really questionable things and messages that it conveys, but I loved it. I think a part of why it's a guilty pleasure for me is because it feels like such a throwback to a lot of the rom-coms that I grew up watching throughout like elementary school and middle school. So there's definitely a little bit of the nostalgia there. Um, But there's something really sweet about the film. I won't, I won't talk too much about it. You can judge it for yourself. Well, I'm sure we'll (laughs) unpack it together, but um, it does some questionable things, but it also does some things that I really love. And it's the movie that I put on when I've got a little cup of tea. I'm in my PJs. I've had a long week. It's raining outside and I just want something sweet and adorable to watch. So that is mine. Well, and this uh, movie is also based on a book written by Jenny Han. So there's yes, also I that. Yes, I discovered that afterwards. Yeah, there's probably some weird uh, connection there. That weird little coincidence. <laughs> yes. It also so, has won the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sure. Okay. Oh, you know, man. You're going to hate the it. The weird awards that exist these days. Know, like, what right? in the world? There's an award for everything. Yes. Um, so, but yeah, I had heard so much about this film, and I was like, oh, what is this about? And, like, because you know how you can, like, click on the details and you can, like, read the synopsis <laughs> on it on Netflix? And it's like, oh, what's this about? Tra la la la, click. No, I'm not watching that. <laughs> and then, like, moved right on. I know. Everything about it screams terrible. Mm hmm. Sure does. But you're just going to have to watch it and. I I will watch it and probably be cussing you out the whole time. That's all right. I'm prepared for it. I've got my protective gear. I've got my knee pads, <laughs> my shoulder pads, and my elbow pads. I've got uh, suntan lotion on, bug spray. I'm ready. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Fully armed. Ready yeah. for every kind of attack. You know, if you get super frustrated, just know that you're with the times because it's gotten a lot of hype. So now you'll know when people talk about the film. The very least. The very, That's very true. least. The least common denominator here. That's true because I am always so far behind the times. <laughs> I don't know who famous people are. I don't know what the kids like these days. So this will be a good a good cultural experience for me. Yes. I like the way you've, you've framed that. This is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's my attempt at a positive spin. Okay. All right, so it'll be... It also appears that there's going to be sequels of this film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the interesting. The stars of this film have gotten so many Instagram followers since. A lot of people are obsessed with them. It's it's so fascinating. I posted this on my story at the time and got so many responses from people, from people that I haven't even talked to for months that were like, <laughs> isn't it amazing? And I'm like, where did you come from? I, we haven't talked in weeks. So this film has really brought wow. people together. I'm just kidding. Interesting. <laughs> what a powerful film. 
Oh, truly, truly. <laughs> you know, this will this will be the 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 episode that tests our friendship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We <laughs> made it to be... fifty episodes. Can we do fifty more? <laughs> yeah, having watched the films that we know we're both gonna hate. <laughs> Oh, it'll be fun. All right. So this is Jen and Sarah from a week prior to recording the 50th episode. We will see you in seven days and uh, unpack our thoughts about To All the Boys I've Left Before and The Expendables. So that was Jen and Sarah from a week ago. We are now back in the present, which is now in the past for you that are listening. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Us revealing our guilty pleasures was <laughs> a week ago. Yeah. Has it been a long week? It has been a long week. Okay. And y'all, and y'all I, I was on a plane traveling today. So. For like six hours or something? That's... I don't know. It was so long. Yeah. I think it was only four. But it felt much longer. <laughs> you know, I think... I think if we were to record in person every week, we would go on so many more tangents with each other. Cause it just... We sure would. We would be much less organized than we normally are. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we are now present day, Judd and Sarah. And we have officially watched each other's Guilty Pleasure films, and we are still here standing, stronger than ever. Sweet is still intact. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Nope. So let's start, let's start off with, let's talk about yours. Okay. All right. So I watched The Expendables this week. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have to say, I didn't watch it in one sitting. Mm, yeah. Because it was one of those films where I'm like, oh man, I, there's just, I need to, I need to come back to this. So... You know, the, f- the first thing that really stuck out to me watching The Expendables is I felt very similarly as I did when I was watching Snatch, oh, okay. which I know is a film that you oh, absolutely yeah. love. Yes, I do. And I didn't, lo- I didn't love it either. <laughs> so I was fascinated. I was like, ooh, okay, there's two data points of these films that Sarah loves that I'm not a fan of, but she re- like you really, really love them. You also mentioned that this was a film that you watch when you just, you, you like want a relaxing thing to put on. And so the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, wow. So Sarah feels most relaxed when she's watching <laughs> these like meaty, beefy dudes just absolutely like wreck each other. Cool. Because the whole two hours is just random, beefy men just like attacking each other in multiple forms. There's like one female who's like, she plays the damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. But a whole lot of it is just Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham. I guess Jet Li's not, we can't classify them as beefy, but it's just them like being macho and type A alpha males like wrecking each other. And I, I, I was the whole time I'm like psychoanalyzing, like, wow, she really feels relaxed watching these. Okay. Probably that I need professional help, but you know, it's fine. We're here. So I felt like I was watching a video game for Mm. two hours. That was like my predominant feeling as well as like this just, it feels like I'm watching combat 
and it's like a live stream of some some dude playing video games because so much of it is just boom 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 there's a lot of like dark colors and tones there's like not that much character substance for you nope. to latch on to there is not so that was really really fascinating and i i have to say i was just also really hung up on sylvester stallone's like little scowl the whole time i couldn't i couldn't get past it his 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 eyebrows like flying up and then his like big puffy mouth just like always in a pout which i now really want you to watch rambo because i feel like that that would be like potentially right up your alley God, how in the world did they make another one? Like, what is wrong with these people? Like, just stop it. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So what is it about The Expendables? Let's, like, movie debate here. (laughs) Tell me why Expendables has truly taken a special place in your heart. I think part of it for me is just the the kind of nostalgia of it all um, because you have these like big name action stars in this that are just going to town. Um, and I, I really um, like, it's just, it's a solid action flick. There's really nothing else in this, <laughs> which I also enjoy. Cause sometimes I just, I want to watch an action movie without all of the other crap that normally comes along with that's it. Fair. Like That's fair. This doesn't have any of it. It doesn't have any of it. Um, and then I think the other thing that I really like about it that we're seeing less and less is that um, there was like a clear mission and like these guys had like a really, really strong sense of, you know, what's happening to these people in this country is wrong. And even though these guys were rough, rough guys, um, they were like, hey, we're going to try and right this wrong. Um, mm, and that resonates. Yeah, I like that. Like, there's, there's a lot of bad crap that happens in this world. Like, can we do our part to fix it? Um, and, like, none of these guys were perfect. They were all really varying degrees of jacked up. Um, but they could still help these people and free these people. And a lot of the similar themes exist in Snatch too. Like you've got these guys that are like from these poor areas. They're kind of like raggedy and whatnot, but they still can go out and like go forth and do the things that they want to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have no problem saying that I love Snatch. Uh, I'm a little bit ashamed that I love the Expendables. <laughs> Well, you've been outed now. The whole world knows. (laughs) That's the beauty of a guilty pleasure episode. Why did we think this was a good idea? We're just exposing ourselves voluntarily. Solid, solid choices. No, but I think you've you've pulled out like some. You've distilled that that underlying theme or concept in this film that just like resonates with you. So, like when a lot of the other like the script is. Oh, it's so bad. It's so off. Like, it's like, whatever, it doesn't matter. You just, you're down for this premise. So like, all right, let's go. Yeah. It's, it's just a, it's one of those that you can just have on in the background. Like, you know what's going to go down and there it is. See, that's the other thought that I, because you had mentioned that when you were, ta- when you were, when we were revealing it, 
They're like, yeah, you can just throw it on. And it's like kind of in the background. I'm like, this is not the movie I would throw on in the background when I'm like making dinner on like a Sunday night preparing for the week in my like PJs. Yeah, it just depends on the week, you know? Sometimes you need to shoot them up action flick to prepare for the week. <laughs> the other thought that I had while watching this was like, wow, I really just, like I love, I love a good like satisfying action movie, but I love when the men are wearing suits. I'm not going to lie. Mm. That really is that cherry on top. Sylvester Stallone's face just keeps popping up into my mind. It's rough. I mean, the the guy has had a hard life. He's had a lot of health issues. He did not take care of himself well. And it shows. So, you know, he's he's trying his best. He's raking in the money. But I do need him to stop and just sit down. We don't need another Rambo. We don't need another Expendables. The first one is good. Did you see the other Expendables? I've seen number two. I don't know that I've seen number three. Do they get diminishing in value? Yes. And, okay. Yeah, I don't think I, yeah, I didn't see number three. There's a lot, right? There's like. I don't even know how many there are now. (laughs) Clearly the second one didn't make you wonder keep going. I think there was like four. Well, there's a fourth one on IMDb, but it's not. It says the plot is unknown. So. All right. So you're going to go see it opening night at midnight? Heck yeah. You know, I'm always down for a midnight showing. No, I did that one time and that was more than enough. Oh, no. For what movie? I don't even remember. (laughs) Clearly it was not memorable. Because it was like a whole thing, a whole group was going. They were like, Sarah, come with. And I was like, okay. And I regretted it. So never again. I want to stick with my 11 a.m. showing with the old people so that I can get the cheap ticket price. I mean, you save a whole, like, it's like $6 cheaper now. Yep. Or the Tuesday night ones. $5 Tuesday night discount. We went together once. I don't remember what we went to see. (laughs) I also never leave work on time, so I can't do a Tuesday night movie. This is true. Just tell your boss whimsy. I tell Sarah this all the time. Just tell him, hey, I'm going to go do some whimsy now. See you later. (laughs) See you on Monday. (laughs) I'll try that. We'll see what happens. I mean, that's basically what I did with this trip. I was like, well, I already booked my ticket, so whimsy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he took that well. Yeah, it's fine. I'm here, and I'm still employed, so we're good. Is this true? In Seattle, I'm still employed, winning at life. Yep. Okay, so tell me about your thoughts of To All the Boys I've Loved Before. I can't even say the title of A Straight Face, to be honest. (laughs) Um, So within the first 30 seconds of the film, I texted Jen what in the whole hell are you making me watch? Um, But the good news (gasps) is that the film got better from there. (gasps) Gas, plot twist. I wouldn't say that I enjoyed the film, but I can see why it got good reviews. I can see why it's been really, really, like, well-received by people and by critics. Like, it was a well-put-together movie. 
the characters were, were all well-rounded and three-dimensional, which I was shocked about, especially because they're teenagers and it's a rom-com situation. Um, Go listen to our Twilight roast. Or our notebook roast. Oh, true, that one too. We're not hitting great with the, with the rom-coms on this. Big Sick, though, was redemption. That was good. And it that one's good because it broke from the norms of the romance genre. But um, so there was a lot that was really good about this movie, which I was, I was shocked by. I, I was like, it's a rom-com and it's about teenagers. There is no way that this is going to be like a well-made film. And it was, it was a well-made film, even though it's not one that I would have watched nor would I watch again. I'm shook. These are beautiful words coming out of your mouth. I'm so, I'm so pleased. <laughs> I'm so pleased you didn't hate every minute of it. No, I thought that I was going to because of the first 30 seconds. Like that whole, like, cause the first 30 seconds set it up as like, she is this teenage girl that's lost in this like romantic fantasy. Um, yeah. And they didn't really go anywhere with that. Uh, which I'm glad that they didn't. Like the the majority of the film was more about when whenever her relationship status was questioned, it wasn't that she was this like romantic fantasy person and she was expecting her Prince Charming, but it was, you know, her dealing with loss and her dealing with pain and like having these like really real things that she had to overcome in order to open up. And so it was like, wow, that's really deep for teenagers. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. So, oh, so I'm really glad that they didn't choose to go with the fantasy Prince Charming route because um, I feel like a lot of the other films that are similar to this, especially like I was thinking about the ones that were made in like the, the 2000s that all of my friends dragged me to that we had to see. Um and that's more of what they did was it was it was less rooted in character growth and more rooted in, oh, this is my Prince Charming and then my life is going to be perfect. Like, nah, that's not the way life works. So that dose of reality in here. Yeah, it it focused less on like the feeling of being in love and the butterflies and the excitement and thrill of it and was so much more about. I mean, really, it's like her journey to being able to be vulnerable with this guy and finally take the leap and take the risk and pursue what she knows she wants. I was, like you, pleasantly surprised when I watched this for the first time, too. I fully expected to be like, this is so dumb. <laughs> it's gotten so much hype. Everyone just loves rom-coms that encourage the wrong things, blah, blah, blah. But... Not only did I love the themes that this film explored, but also the way it was told and made felt very authentic. It was quirky and sweet in all the right ways, and I was very impressed by that. I, I just came out of left field, and obviously there are a bunch of like rom-com tropes of mm -hmm. the really like smooth guy that like is so forward, and then there's this like other guy who's you think is the nice guy but turns out to be kind of mean and whatnot. you know what I mean like there's a lot of tropes in there but 
net net. I think it, it explores a, a theme that, I mean, I can resonate with, you know what I mean? Like the concept of vulnerability takes a lot. And I feel like the film did a good job of showing how that's scary, but worth it. And I was um, like, so after I watch a film, I always kind of like research it a little bit just to learn more. Um, and one thing that intrigued me about this was that when um, studios were trying to make this, because it's a book, that when they were trying to make the book into a movie, a lot of the studios were saying that they wanted it to be a white girl as the protagonist. And the author was like, no, it needs to be you know, a girl who's half Asian and half white. Um, and so that was very interesting to me, how um, studios still are like, no, our main protagonist in a rom-com needs to be white. And how slowly um, authors and then probably smaller studios are taking the risk of having a more diverse cast and having more diverse leads, um, which I also think makes this more interesting and even more special that that the author was willing to fight and say, no, this is the way that it needs to be done. Because um, this, this movie wouldn't have been the same uh, if it had been a white girl instead of you know, this mixed race. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also really appreciated, appreciated that too. This, I think oh, I'm trying to remember if this came out first or if crazy rich Asian came, came out, came out first. I think it might've been like some, it was definitely around the same time. I don't remember which one. This was August, 2018. Okay. And then crazy rich Asians was, it was also in August of 2018. <gasps> Gasp. Okay. Well, either way, it was just very exciting to see. This was two days after. This <gasps> was the 17th of August. Wow. What a win for the Asian American community, honestly. Wow. Y'all won 2018. Heck yes. <laughs> I think the other piece of this is you mentioned nostalgia when you were talking about the Expendables. I think I, a big reason why this is a guilty pleasure for me too is the nostalgia piece too because I, I grew up watching so many rom-coms with mm -hmm. against sleepovers with my friends and it was so much a part of my childhood that it felt really nice to go down memory lane with something that wasn't a, a rom-com that I'd seen before but something new and I could still feel like a little kid watching this. I, I think I like remember lighting a candle when I watched this. I was in my PJs. Like it was a cozy night and it was a really sweet, quirky, feel good type of movie to watch. So the nostalgia I think played into it as well. And it's, it reminded me in some ways of a John Hughes movie. Like I love that she was making fun of him because he had never seen 16 Candles. Um, and there, it, it had that similar feel of a John Hughes movie, which was kind of fun that they were able to have that kind of as a theme running through. So if you're familiar with his films, then you'd kind of catch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of her like hairstyles and colorful outfits. I just love that she watched the Golden Girls. I was like, heck yeah. Maybe there is hope for future generations. Yes. Watch the Golden Girls. Yes. So good. Yeah. So they're coming out with another one soon-ish why do we need a sequel because everyone wants to see what's going to happen to peter 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 something peter krasinski and lara condor's character 
Anyway, them two together blew up on the internet after this film came out. And she was dating somebody else and everyone was like, she she should be with this other guy. She should be with Noah Centineo. And like they're, they do have a lot of like really great chemistry and interviews and on screen. And so a lot of people are like, we want them to be together, blah, 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 blah. So they are very well loved by fans. Um, not just because they play these characters, but like their real life personas. A lot of people really, really love them too. That makes me really wonder about the people of the, the interwebs. Just this whole idea of, oh, you have chemistry with this coworker. You should be with them. Like that... It's like the whole um, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga thing that happened where oh. they had a lot of chemistry both in the film but also performing at – I forget what what was – anyway, everyone was like, they're definitely together. And it's like they both came out and were like, we're actors. Exactly. We did our jobs well if you guys believe it. Like that's – this is – this is the goal. Wow. Interesting. Okay, so thanks to look forward to. A second to all the boys I've loved before. It's a long title. See, here's the thing. Rarely do sequels get better. So. Okay, I'll watch it. And then let you know. You can watch it and then decide if it's sweeworthy or not. And then we'll go from there. If it is, then we'll watch it in review. There is a threshold that we have for speedworthy films. Yes. All right. And, and on our 50th episode, we wanted to kick off a really exciting kind of bonus episode series that we plan to do monthly where we're calling it Films We Carry With Us. So both Sarah and I have been really interested and captivated by the way that films play a really interesting role in people's lives. Um, I think if you go back and listen to our Avengers Endgame episode where we had Caitlin guest star and she kind of ended the episode talking a lot about the way that the Marvel characters and these stories have been able to be there with her through many different seasons of life, both really difficult times but also really great victories as well. Um, and that kind of got us thinking about the way that films are so much a part of our daily lives um, and it's really fascinating when we meet new people or when we talk to friends to ask them what films they've seen recently that really resonated with them or their favorite film which Sarah hates that question but you know what I mean like what are films that people love and why do they love them and it's we've gotten into some really awesome conversations with people from that and so we thought it would be really fun to bring different guests, friends, family, previous guest stars back on for um, a short bonus episode monthly to to ask them the question and hear about films that they really, really love and resonate and connect with. And we titled it Films We Carry With Us because it's hard to ask and determine the question Sarah can attest to this of what your what what's your favorite film it's it's an impossible task to answer that question and so we wanted to leave it broad and open enough that people could just talk about 
films they've seen in the past couple of weeks or months that they can't stop thinking about or films that have changed their perspective about something or have moved them deeply or made them really emotional or um, anything that just kind of stands out to them. Um, Sarah, you can talk a little bit about (laughs) your journey to discovering the film, one of the many films that you carry with you. So we had this idea months ago and um, I was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. I like that idea. We should do it. And then Jen was like, and we need to do ours. And then I went, "Mm, I don't like the idea uh, because I hate the question, what's your favorite film? Because I can't choose. There are so many. It's, it's too broad of a question. Um, so for months, um, I've been trying to like pinpoint like, okay, what exactly are we going after? Um, and I, I sent Jen a whole list of like questions, um, and was convinced that I would just, be able, I would, my episode would just be an entire episode of me being indecisive because I couldn't pick one. Um, because there are so many, there's so many that have, um, impacted me in different ways or stood out to me in different ways. Like I can't just choose one. So that's how we have arrived at this, um, so that we can pick and choose and yeah, we all carry, you know, different films with us, and there are certain seasons where a film might resonate with us more than others, um, and this gives space for that. It reminds me of on our birthday episode when we were talking about our favorite episodes or our favorite moments, and immediately the first question that popped into our minds was, okay, which factor are we using for our favorite? Is it the funniest episode, the one that our perspectives changed the most or the one where we had the best um, conversation or flow, you know, like that that question to me like came up of like, I wonder what Sarah's factors are going to be for choosing her favorite. Similar thing with choosing your favorite film. Like is the one that changed your perspective the most, made you the most emotional, is the one that you've just always put on um, when you're having a bad day is the one that you've watched a million times because you grew up with it as a child. Like there's too many factors. And so we landed on something a little more general and hopefully a little bit easier for people to think about whatever. Honestly, my thought around this is that typically the things that pop into our heads more quickly, there's some, there's something about it that has stuck out to us and that's why we can recall it. So, um, We are kicking that off by starting off with ourselves to talk about the film that we carry with us, one of the film that we have carried with us. So I can go first. (laughs) To really build up the hype for what Sarah's is. Oh, no. I commend you for putting a lot of time and thought and intentionality into thinking about which one it is because I know you worked (laughs) hard to get to this to this film that you've chosen. Now that's a lot of pressure to put on this little film. (laughs) Okay, so you go first. We'll alleviate all pressure. (laughs) Oh, man. What is your film? Uh, It's Once. Oh, interesting. Tell us more. (laughs) Um, So Once is 
a an indie film that is um, that blew me away the first time that I saw it. Um, it has Glenn Hansard in it, who is a phenomenal musician, and it just kind of follows him um, as he meets um, a woman, and then they record um, an album together, and that is the entire film basically. Um, it has a very unique backstory, um, of how it was created. Um, and I just, I hadn't seen something like this before. Um, it shows the, just the raw musicianship. Like I feel like a lot of films about music are very, very produced and, you know, it's, it's about the show and the presentation and that's beautiful. And I love that, but there's something so special about this because it's not, um, it's not overproduced. It's, it's very, very stripped down so that you can just focus on, um, the music itself, what goes into creating the music and then the relationship, uh, that forms between these different musicians. Um, so it's just a, a different little film and I actually listened to the soundtrack to this with some frequency. So I was listening to it like two days ago when I was frustrated at work and I was like, Oh, the one soundtrack that'll make me feel better. So I just popped it in. And it like takes you back to that, that moment of being captivated by it. I actually have never seen this film, but you best believe I'm adding it to my list right now. So that... I wanted us to review it. <laughs> yes, that's something that Sarah and I were talking about is that we want to have an, a full dedicated episode to um, the films that we have chosen as the ones that we are carrying with us. Because, man, I'm curious about this film now. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because other films after this, uh, there's one in particular that I feel like tried to do this um and it's still a good film that i enjoy but it's just it's not the same as once so it's it's a special little film okay stay tuned for a future episode when we get to talk about once. yay yes my film that i have carried with me for the past couple of years is birdman this film holds such a special place in my heart. Honestly, when people ask me what my favorite film is, I often say Birdman, and then either they know and they've seen it, and they're like, oh, cool, or they're like, what? <laughs> um, kind of the backstory of Birdman is that I, I grew up watching, again, I mentioned this earlier, I grew up watching rom-coms, the fun popcorn-popping flicks, like nothing wrong with them at all, but I... It was just pure cotton candy entertainment. And for the longest time, that's what I thought film could be, is these stories that unfolded on screen. They're often larger than life, um, with larger than life characters. But I had never resonated with a film as much as I did with Birdman. I was at the theater with a good friend of mine from college and we went to see a lot of films together all throughout college at this little tiny theater with all the old people it was the best and we were we were in the theater for another film and the trailer for Birdman came on and my friend turns to me she's like "Ooh, 
ooh, that looks intriguing. Let's go see it. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I, that doesn't look like a film that I would enjoy. It's not my cup of tea. Like, I don't, I don't, I have no desire to see this. And she was like, no, no, no. Like, it looks really, really cool and awesome. Like, we should go see it. Um, several days ensue. She somehow convinces me. I go and see this film. And I left the theater feeling this sense of, like, catharsis and satisfaction of having like really connected with a, a an emotion and a feeling that I had felt many a times but had never seen so raw and real on screen before. A lot of Birdman is about this desperation that Michael Keaton's character feels to be worthy and valuable and significant and to not be forgotten and I feel like that that sentiment and that feeling is very very human it's kind of innate to all of us we we want to be loved and remembered and there um there are many moments throughout like growing up and the turns of figuring out who you are and your place in the world that that feeling often comes and I had just never seen that on screen in such a raw in beautiful way and so it was one of those moments where I thought I would hate something and I was so contradicted by what I actually felt leaving the theater that it was it was this little little peek and this little crack in the door into this world of film and types of and what films could be that I'd never experienced before but it also was really humbling because I, I, I really had to check myself moving forward when I say I hated something like I may not even know enough about it to, to be able to make that conclusion. So that was also a really humbling moment there. But man, that that film absolutely had me captivated. There are some quotes from that film that like I still think about now. There's a scene. Okay, we'll we'll have a whole episode on Birdman at some point. But there's a scene where he's about to go on stage to do this play that is terrible, but he's like holding on to it for dear life because he wants to like be back into the world of acting and be famous again. Anyway, his ex-wife comes in and she says something along the lines of like, you always confused adoration with love. And that like hit me like a ton of bricks. And I've, I still, there are moments where I like think about that quote. And so it's been really cool to see the way that this film just comes up randomly in random little moments. It's also, I think, the second film that we watched together. I think so. The first one we watched was Woody Allen film. Was Woody Allen first or was this first? It could have been that this was first. I think it was. And then Woody Allen was the next time. Yeah. Yeah, because I, th I hadn't seen Birdman and you were raving about it. So I was like, okay, we're going to see this weird-ass movie. Oh, I had tried to watch it before. Oh, yeah, I tried to watch it before and I hadn't gotten through it. And then you were like, no, it's phenomenal. We need to watch it. And so yeah. we watched it. Um, and we stayed and talked about it for another, what, two hours at least? I left at like 2.30 in the morning. You sure did. <laughs> it was so great. I remember like the whole house was dark too and we had that one lamp on eating like ice cream and brownies on the couch with the dog next to us. Like it was, it was so great. We talked about that for so long. It's a film that I, I love sharing with people 
And it's fun to see and really illuminating actually to see the reactions to it too. Some people will really connect with it and other people are like, I don't get it. Like, why, why did you show me this weird, <laughs> this weird movie? Um, but it was one that like f- felt like that door opening to this world that I had no idea and never experienced in that way before. So it was a start of my love for film. And so it's, it has a special place in my heart because of that very humbling moment where I was like, wow, I expected to hate this thing and I loved it. <laughs> so I'm so excited to review our, I'm to review these films together. Yes, me too. Much better than our guilty pleasure ones. <laughs> Although it is interesting though, to watch someone's favorite quote unquote favorite movie with them. Because sometimes I've done that before and sometimes like I don't love it the same way that they do. But they are like waiting for this reaction. I'm like I can't give you what you want right now. I, it was good. It was fine. <laughs> They're like, no, but they will like blah, blah, blah and the blah, blah, blah. I feel like that's what's going to happen. I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, it's such a phenomenal film. And you be like, Sarah, come on, really? Like that, that was your choice. So. That'll be fun, though. Yeah, that would I be fun. I love when we, we see things, when we disagree and we see things differently. Makes for the best discussions. Yeah, those are fun. Yes. And I'm, I'm, it'll be really fun to bring people on and to hear mm-hmm. about their films that have stuck with them and moved forward into their different seasons of life with them. I'm, I'm really fascinated to see the different types of films that people choose. Um, and especially because the people that we bring on will know their personalities too. It'll be fascinating to see those interesting correlations too. So we are kicking it off on this episode. So we've started with ourselves and um, we'll probably have maybe one monthly and have it as a little bonus episode for the series. It'll be, it'll be fun. All right. There we have it. 50 (laughs) episodes strong can't wait for when we do we'll have to think of what we're gonna do for our like 75th and our 100th that'll be fun crazy it'll be i can't even imagine numbers that high we'll be happy to be like 100th episode bonanza or something Mm -hmm. like we'll come up with something good for that 100th episode but we got 50 other episodes before we have plenty of time clearly inspiration is not hitting us right Alrighty. Well, we hope you guys had fun just kind of hanging out with us. It was, it was fun to record this in person together. I'm excited for the next time we get the chance to. In the meantime, remember to infuse a little whimsy in your life. We kind of end a lot of our episodes with this, but uh, this is our grand old experiment. And uh, it's been really amazing to do something just for the sake of your love and passion for it. Um, a lot of I think a lot of life happens in those like breathing moments um, and those moments to just not think about all of the implications sometimes. So use a little whimsy into your life and we will see you next week for a normal review in true sweet fashion of the next film. All right. Bye guys.